Welcome everyone to Around the ACL. It's me, Michelle Thompson, here with Anthony Ione and a, a step in for Trey Ryder, who's on vacation. We have Mike Morton filling in for him. So thank you, Mike, for joining us. Thanks for having me. I'll do my best impression. Where's Trey at, Mish? So full full disclosure here, I thought we were recording and we recorded about 15 minutes without you guys and I was not <laughs> recording. So there, this is my first time running it in the background. So, um, you we know, weren't, we weren't going to rat you out. We were going to keep it between <laughs> us. Mish, but since you mentioned it. <laughs> well, I got to rat myself out. It's funny. Um, it was a, we were just doing like a run through just to see how it went right now. We're like really ready to start. But um, thank you for coming to the show today. We've got a packed show. We're going to talk about the open coming up in Rhode Island. We're going to go into the news around the league. We've got a special guest, Jimmy Humans, joining us. We're going to go into higher low and then our holy hot takes. Um, so exciting stuff for you. Um, I know we were talking briefly about what happened over our weekends, but if you guys don't mind just filling us in really quick. So Mike, you said that you went to an awesome event on Saturday. I did. We were down. If you haven't heard about Gary's Place in Lawrenceville, Virginia, um, you should. It's one of the the best unknown things in, in the cornhole world. Just a really good guy who has opened his own personal, I don't know if you call it a barn or a, a, a steel building structure that he built for his, his son originally. Um, he's got a basketball court in there. He can fit, you know, I think they had eight or 10 courts running in there this week. Um, just built it so his son would have a place to practice baseball and basketball while he was growing up. And now he opens it up for, for people to use for various events. So they had a nice uh, a cash Southside show down there this weekend. So we spent some time there. Don't know how many doubles teams there were. I know that uh, at least 20, I think it was 29 people stuck around for advanced singles. So it was pretty decent size. It was a lot of fun. There's probably half dozen or more pros there. Um, so yeah, a lot of great cornhole, um, had a great time. And uh, because it's out in Lawrenceville, Virginia, there's no internet connection. So if you didn't like watching cornhole, you were really bored. Fortunately, I like watching cornhole. It's <laughs> a fair point. <laughs> that's, that's cool, though, that he made that and just lets people go and play in it. How awesome is that? I didn't even get into the fact that he built a baseball field in his backyard for him, too. So wow. baseball field, actually, I, I believe local community colleges and high school come and use it as well. So just a great That's guy. Awesome. Love going out there. He's got, I think, 30 pro jerseys hanging on the wall right now. Whenever a pro wow. comes and plays there, um, they donate their jersey. He gets it mounted and hangs it around around the building. So it's just so a neat cool. place. Awesome. And Anthony, you had another baseball, I mean, a basketball weekend. Yeah, yeah. I got my cornhole in on Thursday. I should mention that. I get about every other week I'm in a tournament. So I'm playing like two tournaments a month. That's why I'm terrible. But uh, yeah, <laughs> basketball on Sunday and then, or excuse me, basketball on Saturday. And Sunday, we actually uh, celebrated my oldest um, daughter. She's coming out of high school and just got accepted into the nursing program direct out of high school, which is a select few. So we're real proud of her. So we went out and celebrated that accomplishment on Sunday. That's amazing. And uh, yeah, I, I wondered what your sucking is though. When you said like, you're not good. <laughs> Cause I feel like it's another level compared I to took my fifth, Mish. Fifth oh is last. God. Fifth is last. <laughs> so dramatic. <laughs> All right. Well, let's go ahead and get into the open coming up this weekend in Rhode Island. Uh, let's go ahead and start with our singles. So Mike, who are some singles we should watch out for? All right, I got, a, I got a list of names here I'm going to go through. Um, a lot of these names I'm going to kind of caveat with the same thing. They've had quiet seasons thus far, and I think there, there's a lot of them that this could be the event where they break out. So it's, it's rightly sized as far as talent. Um, this could be the event for some of these players. But first of all, not in that category is – Mr. Jimmy Humans, who we'll be talking to in a little while, I think he is the player to watch. Um, he is, I, I think, the favorite going into this event, coming off a big conference win. Uh, this is his event to take down. And I know we had we had some Facebook back and forth, uh, uh, a little bit of uh, jousting on my top 10 lists where I left him out of my top 10 after Atlantic City. And uh, he felt like he should have been in the top 10. And I said, I just, I wanted to, but I got just, ugh. 
So anyway, this is the event. If he can win this event, he makes it into my top 10. Um, Justin Stranger, I, I really want to see him. This is an event where I think he can break out. Um, Jacob Trzinski, great start to the year. Let's see if he can continue. Um, Tony Smith, Noah Wooten, Ryan Smith, they're all in that category of kind of having that slowish start to the year, but you never know when they're going to turn it on. You know they've got the ability to do it any, at any time. Um, other players, Storm Hogue, Berkeley Pear, Mike Ferreira, John Kitchen, and then Connie Altice. I, I spent a lot of time at the beginning of the season pumping Connie up, and uh, after a bad first draw at the first national, um, she's just kind of not, not really hit with the splash I thought she would make. So I'm going to kind of sit back and watch and observe her over the next event or two and see what happens there. I'm not ready to give up on her, um, but this could be an event for her to make a big, big splash. And then uh, some other, a couple other players I like, Isabella Soprenant. I think she's got the ability to beat anyone in this field. I'm not sure she's got the consistency to be able to run through the entire field, but I think it'll be fun to watch her and, and see how far she can make a run. And you never know, she might be able to do it. And then uh, another sneaky vet that's had a quiet year, Ashton Spees. Keep your eye on Ashton Spees. This could be his, his moment to, to start making his move. And then last but not least, I want to throw out there a name that we probably recognize, or you guys probably recognize from a couple months back, Emily Downer. This is her opportunity to be back on the big stage again after shocking the world not that very long ago. So I'm interested to see how she's she does this week. I definitely am watching her as well. Very excited to see her play again. Anthony, what do you got to add to singles? Yeah, Mike, I mean, that, that was the full list of people that I would see. I don't have anything to add to that, but maybe I'll just focus on four people in particular. Um, I kind of see them as like the heavy favorites. Coincidentally, all four throw carpet. All four are going to bring that elite level dirty game if needed, but they can all run bags also. With the best of them, all four are inside the top 50 in singles, uh, and that's Jimmy Humans, Tony Smith, Noah Wooten, uh, and J Jacob uh, Trzinski. What I like about these four in particular, all jammed into this open, is, is they bring a different approach to the carpet-style game. So we saw that in the doubles finals with Trzinski, where he went to the slick side solely of that carpet bag and then flipped it only over only when he needed to roll and cut. Then you've got Humans, right? The complete opposite, where he was refusing to use the slick side of his bag when he won his doubles championship, going stick side solely. You know, you've got humans who won't throw a roll as much historically and almost hardly ever, while the others will throw it more often. Humans go to, he's got a solid push, a really good airmail, where Tony will maybe rely on his kind of his roll cut, his right to left roll cut more often. Wooten and Trzisky will mix it up a bit. Wooten likes to collect off the left side a little bit more with a slice or left to right bag. So what I'm kind of saying is, is just because you have carpet baggers, in this case, we do all four, doesn't automatically mean, hey, I'm going to throw a block center and then I'm going to roll over the top of it. And here you have many different approaches to that same style slow bag. Um, but if Jimmy Humans is trending up as a top 10 bagger, which I think he is, Anything less than making a bracket final to me is going to be a poor showing. And this is assuming we have multiple brackets. We should note Jimmy humans is like one point away from a perfect season and a perfect season, meaning he's won at every level, right? You've got opens conference regionals, locals all the way down, basically sealing up all those points. He's a singles away from doing that. So here's a perfect opportunity to lock up that perfect season in a lighter field. In my opinion, Mish, we can ask Jimmy when he comes on, but I don't think he's ever won an open singles event, and here's the time to do it. Yeah, I 100% I, I agree. agree with that, that last point that you make about Jimmy. This is the event. If he wants to be a top 10 bagger, if, this, if that's what he wants, then nothing less than I would say a finals appearance is going to be acceptable here. Of course yeah. he wants it, Mike. Uh, I know he wants it. Yeah, is that a question? <laughs> uh, and we'll, we'll get to our predictions, I'm sure, later in the show. But um, I, I think that it, it's a, it's a sort of a must win for him. If he if he really wants to be considered a top ten bagger, then this event is something he needs to make a very very deep run in. Yes, sir. Um, I, agree. I, I I do want to add one more name to your mix of favorites, and I agree with the four that you mentioned. 
Justin Stranger has yeah. won almost every event he's Good ever played in. Um, he is absolutely on fire. Um, and I would consider him as one of the five sort of co-favorites. I like it. All right. Well, let's go ahead and roll into doubles. So, Mike, what are some thoughts you have on the doubles to watch? Well, obviously, we're going to start with Jimmy Humans again. Um, Jimmy is throwing with Tony Smith. Um, what a dynamic Nasty. duo there. I mean, what Nasty. a strong, formidable team. Um, they would be a favorite no matter how loaded the field was. They would be one of the favorites. But I think they have to be the favorite in this in this field. Um, some other strong teams. We've got uh, Jacob Trzinski and Storm Hogue. And now, am I starting to see a rivalry between humans and Trzinski? I, I feel like humans and Trzinski in my them. mind. Well, yeah, they're out of the same area, right? So maybe yeah. they run into each other the quite last a bit. Re I think it was a regional they were at. They they each won their, their bracket. They played each other in the finals. Jimmy got the best of him, 25 to 9. So maybe we can ask Jimmy if he begin, if he's beginning to see Jacob as a as a rival. Um, so anyway, Jacob and, and Storm Hogue are going to be there. Justin Strangers teaming up with Ashton Spees. We got Connie Altice, Clayton Robertson, um, Isabella and Hunter Thorne coming out from California. Hunter is. Uh, Mike Ferreira teaming up with Berkeley Pear. Um, I believe they teamed up once together already. Um, can't remember how they did, but I, I don't think that's a brand new pairing. No, yeah, they've done um, it before. Yeah, John Kitchen and Jamie Hudson, who were pro partners last year. Jamie's not a pro this year, but they're teaming up. And uh, Jamie is, yeah, he's he's good enough to be a pro. I, I think he just chose to not return as a pro this year. So that's going to be a tough team. Um, Noah Wooten teaming up with Jim Bottas. Haven't heard that name a whole lot. Um, I've seen him throw a bit. I, I know he's I know he's blue chip. He's a good caliber player. So Noah and Jim. And then we Wipers? have the Baker boys. What Trey bags Drew. are they going to throw, Mike? What's that? Yeah. What bag what are they going to throw? throw? That is, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't know. And then we got the Baker boys, uh, Drew and Trey. And um, the last team I kind of circled was uh, Ryan Smith teaming up with someone I was not aware of, Cameron D'Ambrosio. So, you know, we'll see if Ryan knows something we don't. It'd be kind of interesting to to see that. Yeah. Anthony, what do you think? Yeah, you covered you covered the list again. Um, I'll just mention Ferreira and Berkeley pair. I like them more as a team to watch than to win it. So if we look at Ferreira, right, he was a show out player last season. I mean, he finished top 15. He's an ACL team captain. He's dropped off quite a bit. I mean, he's sitting in the 70s yeah. in singles, but they could definitely yeah. do damage. You put pair and him together and pair is just one of those baggers. I feel like has all the shots, no matter what bag you put in his hand. Right. He can kind of pull them off with every bag. So. But yeah, you mentioned it. Clear favorites, strong, strong favorites. Jimmy Humans, Tony Smith partnering up, Hogan Trzinski. Hogan Trzinski committed pro partners, so they've got maybe a little bit more chemistry going off. On mm -hmm. We saw them pop off at Nationals 1. They double-dipped Windsor Herrera to take the bracket. They beat Birchfield and Rawls in the first playoff match and then ultimately ending up on, on ESPN. But both of those players are going to excel with laundry on the board in difficult situations. And you're going to get the same thing with humans and Smith. I mean, they're going to bring that same level of scoring with a muddy board. That would be a cool matchup, though, I, if those I two agree. ended up in the championships, right? I think it would be pretty evenly matched. I think humans and Trzinski, you already mentioned a rivalry going on. I think they end up kind of washing out on their side in this battle, and it would come down to who's going to score on the Smith and Hogue Hogue side. Um but yeah, I mean, some other teams to mention, you did say Sopranit and Thorne. I mean, they have a signature win this year against Guy and Davis. I wouldn't I wouldn't count them out. You mentioned the OGs, Kitchen and Hudson. And then I do like Justin Stranger and Ashton Spees teaming up. I mean, Mish, I like these boys as a team because I think they would be overlooked by the general cornhole population. But these are elite level players that had success in partners last year. Spees was a top 12 team. Uh, with Jacob uh, Beamer. And then, of course, uh, Stranger was teamed up with Tony Smith last season, uh, and they took eight. So I'd watch out for them as well. Absolutely. I think that's a team to watch as well. Well, yeah. it's time to Wouldn't roll that be in. a heck of a finals, though? Hogue, Trzinski, yeah. and Smith? That'd be, that'd be awesome. That's my thought of what we're going to see, but you just never know because it, sometimes it seems so obvious. Like, oh, no, this is the finals right here. And then... Crazy things happen in cornhole. Yeah, and, of, and of course, 
there's going to be there's going to be a local player or team that's going mm-hmm. to make a run and shock yeah. everybody. So, yeah. you know, let, let's not forget that uh, there's some local pride on the line up there in the Northeast. I'm sure we're going to get somebody to surprise us. So it'll be fun to see who that is. It happens every open. I went through the roster in, in pretty good detail and I was like, is there anyone on this list that is an unknown? And I'm like, I don't see it. I mean, there's so many mm-hmm. players up there. You can't keep up with the hundred thousand players in the database. Right. So nothing right. really popped no. out to me, but I'm sure some of the local people will be like, Hey, watch out for this guy. He's, he's an unknown. He's going to bring it. So it's a perfect opportunity for one of those players to make a name for themselves. So the next time we look at a list like that. Yes, exactly. The name pops out. For sure. I agree. All right. Let's head into news around the league. We had the Mid-South, the Mid-North, the Mountain North, and the Kansas State Championships that happened over the weekend. For the Mid-South, uh, doubles, Matt Guy, Brett Guy took first, Austin Slobom, Caden Allen, and then third, Dakota Sally and Nate Stevens. For singles, Matt Guy, Ryan Hart, and then Alec Ryan and Caden Allen for third. Any thoughts about the Mid-South before we move on to the Mid-North? Any pl- I mean, I think there's some, obviously, some, I mean, Matt Guy, Brett Guy, no surprise there, but anything else right, shocking right. in there? <laughs> I mean, I mean, maybe I, I just want to throw out there because ahead, we, we worked so hard. <laughs> it's Dakota Salee. Salee. I believe oh, it's you know Salee. I remember reading that, that you wrote that, and then just completely forgot. So I apologize, Dakota. I've known who he is for a couple of years. I've never had an opportunity to meet him. I've seen him throw before. Um, the Commonwealth First of the Nation was the first time I got a chance to see him. Um, he's an elite-level bagger. I'm happy to see him in the pro division. Um, but uh, I learned how to say his name over the weekend. So <laughs> There we go. Salute. All right, Anthony, what were you going to say? Yeah, I was just going to say, so what does Mountain South mean? So for maybe those that don't know, we're talking about Kentucky and Tennessee. Um, okay. Matt guy, Brett guy, no surprise there. Again, maybe foreshadowing a future partner. We'll see how the contracts work out with fire, but mm-hmm. very possible we see them as a partnership moving forward. Um, but what surprises me the most here is looking at the singles. I mean, I don't have the full roster in front of me, but I can see in doubles. Austin Schlobaum was in the field. Nate Stevens in the field, who's sneaky good. I was I was fortunate enough to uh, team up with him in a blind draw back when I was doing the pro thing. He is sneaky good. Then when you look at the singles, and where are they? Where's the Austin Slobom yeah. in the top three of singles? Where's a, a, a Dakota Salee or a Nate Stevens? And the next three baggers I'm not even familiar with. So I just wanted to point out I would have expected Kate, them to, to kind of be Allen, up there. Yeah, Caden Allen's a kid uh, or a teen, I should say. Um, and I forget which other open he did some, he got, I think it was the blind draw. He won with someone at one of the opens, okay. if I remember right. But, um, well, clearly so, he's yeah, got he's, skill. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Major skill. All right. Let's go into the mid North. We had Hayden Ferguson and Lexi huge back in first Juan Moreno and Francisco Zimuido. I I'm sorry. I, I butchered that. Francisco. Good try. Good try. <laughs> Gus Redman and Matt Ryan for third and singles, Lexi huge back, <laughs> Eric Ferguson and Hayden Ferguson. We've, we've mentioned Lexi a few times on the show. So happy to see her up there. Uh, but Mike, any thoughts on the mid North? Uh, I, I think you, you circled the name I wanted to, to mention Lexi. Um, I want to say, and I don't pretend to be an expert on, on that region and what's going on up there, but I want to say she kind of stepped back from cornhole for a little while to focus on some, some high school sports. I don't remember if it was basketball, volleyball or something. Um, I thought I remembered seeing a post from her about, uh, you know, Hey, I'm starting to get back now. And boy, if that, if I was right, if that's the case, (laughs) she's back. Like she, she took doubles and singles um, you know, she's, she's on fire right now. And I think she's a force to be uh, reckoned with as the ACL moves forward. Absolutely. All right. Moving into mountain North, we have in first for doubles, Luke Hinkle and Justin Carpenter, Steven Sanford and Brett Schiller and Ryan Huffy and Steve Samuels. And then for singles, Mario Estrada, Steven Stanford, and then Brett Schiller. So we see a lot of repeat names there in the doubles and singles, Anthony, any, anything to add to that one? I just want to jump back up. My guy, Matt Ryan, there in that mid-north, North Dakota, South Dakota, Minnesota. He's a Dakota State champion. I'm surprised not to see him up there in that singles win. Um, but, yeah, back to the Mountain North. So that's going to be Idaho, Montana, and Wyoming. Um, a lot of names I'm not super – I mean, Huffy, of course, uh, a pro from mm-hmm. last season. He, he That dude can sling bags. He's got a real solid – uh, you know, kind of a fast style game. I think he was throwing ultras all last season. Um, so not surprised to see him up there, but 
the rest of the field I'm, I'm not super familiar with uh in, in those names you got anything there mike no i think i think you covered it um you know it's uh, uh i think it was fairly close to to you know what what you would expect but uh outstanding cornhole awesome kansas state championships now i know anthony's gonna get excited we got Alex Hicks, <laughs> Zachary Ankleton, <laughs> Kyle Hutley for singles, doubles, Alex Hicks and Kyle Hutley, John Tymeyer and Mark Potter, and John Fuentes and Brian Corder. Anthony, it's your boy. Yeah, hey, and I'm uh hey, I I, I gotta recognize I'm wearing my KCC jersey right I now for that. this reason. Yeah, shout out to Mark <laughs> Isley. Thank you for the jersey. Um, yeah, let's talk about these a little bit. Uh we all season we've been talking about Alex Hicks trending to the top of the list. Trey made me pick last week if I thought he would be a top five player. I took I took it. I mean, he's got to win tournaments like this, and he does. I I would love to see the history on this. I'm not sure he has lost an event all year in his region, in that area. I feel like every single event he is at the top. Um, but one name that's been kind of showing up on radar uh, here is number two, Zach. I mean, I just saw a, a feed from him yesterday throwing Ghost 10, and he actually beat – my personal record. So he was up, he beat ghost 10, 21, six, which is coincidentally, I got, I got about an hour of practice in earlier in the week and I was up 20 to six on ghost 10. I couldn't get the last point and that oh. would have been my personal best. So when that showed up, I was like, all right, at least, at least he got it. You know, <laughs> someone's getting it, but that dude has a has a, I mean, a straight line to the hole. He's throwing a carpet style bag coming in hot. I think we see Zach. Zach's name continue to show up and potentially a, a top pro prospect if he's he's up to that challenge coming into next year. But I'm really excited to see Kyle Hutley up here. I've been kind of on his case all year, right? About, right. yeah, I mean, you've got arguably one of the best players on the planet as your partner. We've kind of given him a hard time about can he keep up with Alex Hicks and as a partnership in the pro division. So I'm really proud of Kyle Hutley showing up here uh, in the top three in singles. And if you look at, you know, like the Johnny Coxes and the John Fuentes and the other people in this tournament, that's a, that's a big run for Kyle Hutley. So I'm real excited for him there in that singles part. Can we I'm glad to hear you shout him out because I, I was definitely going to give him a big shout out. Um, I, I didn't notice where he finished in singles, but, you know, people were questioning whether Alex could, you know, make deep runs at the national level with Kyle as a partner. Um, that was not an easy tournament to win. And uh, I think that Kyle is starting to step it up and it's going to be interesting to see Alex and, and Kyle run out the string. I was going to say, we need to cut to the beginning of the show uh, where Anthony said that he sucks now and then cut to the, what he just said, where he beat a ghost 10. Um, I don't oh. think those two <laughs> things go together. <laughs> so, you know how we talk about floors and ceiling, Mish? Yeah, that's my floor. My ceiling is way down here. So that's why I suck. <laughs> when I'm bad, it's really bad. <laughs> I need to All fix my right. floor. Fine. Okay, so you got to fix the floor. I get it. All right. That's that's a fair yeah. assessment. Yeah. All right. So we're going to bring on Jimmy Humans to the show. So <laughs> what? An Jimmy Humans and his dogs. <laughs> Jimmy Humans and the dogs. <laughs> that's not mine. <laughs> I know. That's Jimmy Tony that was not dog. my dogs barking. <laughs> well, I'm glad they were able to join no, us. No, like as there well, wasn't but... even dogs barking. What? Oh, really? No, oh, Mish, those are your dogs. There's no dogs That's barking. Not my dogs. <laughs> <laughs> my dogs aren't barking. I swear. All right, it was a coincidence. All right, Jimmy, welcome yeah. to the show. We're so happy to be able to have a Thanks conversation with you. Absolutely. Um, so I know we've got a lot of questions for you. We we did mention earlier, and I think I just want to know right off the bat, like because the boys said. That is there a rivalry between you and Trzinski? What's going on there? Um, funny story about that. There was actually more of a rivalry with Tony Smith and Jacob Trzinski oh. because they're closer in region. And the, everybody's like top 10 list. They made a top 10 list like two weeks ago, like all the players and everybody. And they all had uh, Tony above Jacob. But the last – every conference they play each other, Jacob wins. So <laughs> – Last conference, so Jacob's they, like no love, no love for me. <laughs> yeah, no love. What the last heck? conference, Jacob beat him twice, and then last year they played twice, and Jacob won both games. Uh oh, uh oh, that's good info. So I was yeah. the outlier, Jimmy, because I put Jacob in my top 10. I snuck him in, 
and I had you just on the outside, mm-hmm. but I, I definitely had Tony a little bit below even you, at least thus far this year. So um, I, I, I'm the outlier, but I, I think that you and Jacob are, are just really, really dead, even as far as I'm concerned. However, I'm going to tip my hat to you. You got him in the last, it was a regional, right? That was our conference. Conference. It was a conference. Yeah, the Northeast Conference. 25 yep. to 9 in the bracket final. Yes. Yep. Yep. So hats off. You know, like I said, I, I saw you guys coming out of Atlantic City is just just neck and neck, but you got that head to head now. So, you know, you, you're probably you're a nose ahead of him. But we're going to see how Rhode Island goes this weekend. You know, could go either way at this point. I hear you. Yeah, and I think you're you're hanging out at Tony Smith's house right now, right? Building that chemistry for the weekend, you know, kind of coming up with a game plan or what's going on there? Um, we play all our conferences together. So, like, nice. as what you said, you wanted to see a Jacob Trusinski, Storm Hogue versus us final. Um, that's basically how it is up in the conference. Uh, we're both favorited to win. So, it's kind of like uh, – that's kind of like rivalry in a way. No doubt. No doubt. So, well, if let, it doesn't me... happen to Rhode Island, we can come up there and, and check it out. Some other Every time, conference. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So maybe for some of those, let me just uh, introduce Jimmy a little bit for maybe our, our viewers who aren't familiar. So um, just to kind of get you up to speed on Jimmy's career. So basically Jimmy's been rocking the ranks, just climbing up. So if we go back to uh, the 2020 season, Jimmy was ranked 51 in the singles division, jumped to 21 last season. Um, and he's continuing that climb now sitting at sixth in the current season rankings he's winning opens he's got signature wins against baggers like uh, let's see you got duncan clemmer you got a big win against trey birchfield that matt guy uh match was was ridiculous to get into the king seat. I, I, yeah that was that I, I think you barely missed i don't want to say you were an 11 plus on that one so clearly an upward trend um in a talent in the league that that's just kind of showing it so those that don't know jimmy's a student of the game so uh, he's known for his iq um, so Jimmy, I'd kind of, I'd like, kind of like to lean on that IQ a little bit and talk about your upward trend specific to like your technique and strategy, your mental side of the game. So kind of starting with technique or simply like pitching the bag, you know, we're talking about grip, we're talking about release, you know, what are you doing differently today than you were doing like two, three years ago? That's really helped kind of you in your upward trend. So I actually posted a video, uh, like a memory through from three years ago, I used to record my matches. I would when I step, I would dip down and then stand up. So I would kind of like a, like a more of a popping. It would give yes. me more height on the bag, but it would also make my bag like fly in a weird pattern. I'm more like balanced. Now I stand up tall, more of straight, unless I'm like really trying to get a low hard push, then I'll like stay low. But other than that, my balance and my like posture has what is what made me more consistent. So that's funny that you say that because, um, when I, talk or teach people about proper technique i try and use that example of exactly but then you look at a matt guy you know arguably the best on the planet and he gets really low and he he does that he kind of pops back up up on his thing and it's like well if it's working for him why is this bad technique so that's uh what do you think about matt guy kind of doing that as well so it's not really a technique that's bad it's just whatever you're used to right so for me it was bad because i had no balance i would stumble after i throw or like lean to one side and it was inconsistent so as long as you could have that consistency, it really does not matter. So I get hit up a lot about grip. Everyone wants to talk about grip and release. And you have one of the most unique grip and yes. releases in the league. You're one of the few that are kind of up on the top corner. It, it's it's really unique. Can you describe that a little bit and why, why it works for you? Yeah, so I know like three people that throw with the same similar or same grip. So what I do is I like hook the front corner of the bag with my finger and kind of make like a circle change up. Like okay. that's where my hand yeah. looks like on the top. And then on the back, my fingers just like wrap through the middle of the bag. And what I do is when I throw rather than like coming across, most people come across their body for like carpet for a roll. I come like outward and just open my hand. And then I bring my pointer finger in kind of like a trigger or a finger roll, if you will. Yeah. And yeah. that's what, that's what gets the spin flat. And then when I open my hand is what delivers the bag. Yeah. That makes sense. You're almost pulling your finger towards you. Yep. As the bag is coming out to get that rotation going that way. Okay. As my hand opens up. No so doubt. Jimmy, the, the other people that throw like you, just out of curiosity, did you teach it to them? Did they teach it to you? Or did you all three just start doing it independently? Um, so one is Michael Grube. He was a former pro. Uh, yeah. 
he met he constantly messes with his grip he's very analytical he's trying to like get better so that's he kind of like developed based off me but not really you know what i mean he had his own variation mm-hmm. then the other one it was just some dude i found out west and he was just throwing <laughs> throwing like that so coincidental about, then yeah. yes all right so what if we were to move over to strategy so if we chalk strategy and i've actually heard your name referenced a few times like here's an example of strategy you were talking about when you have in a partnership um when you have two players that throw sticky bags who, who would roll you would say it's not good if we both play the dirty game strategically yes. maybe it makes sense for one of us to go run bags while the other one plays a dirty game so just talking strategy in general what are you doing differently today than you did a couple years ago that's led to this top six success well mainly in singles um i'm able to run bags more often so like if somebody would say a block and then they kick off to the left i'm able to four bag more often to score those two points than i was previously where i would just throw a 10 and get a wash out of it but in doubles um so like that's Tyler's strategy. His his idea is to put everything in the hole. He doesn't want to roll unless he has to. You know what I mean? And then my uh kind of like a Mark Richards, Philip Lopez, just on a lower scale, if you will, where he's Philip Lopez says he's just trying to get the bags back to Mark. Similar to like that. Okay. So you're saying you, you run bags. You're strategically you're not trying to block on bag one, let's say. You're you're going to the hole as your go to to start? No, I'm trying to block. You're trying to block. Okay. Tyler is trying to run bags. My pro partner. Got you. Got you. And that seems to work pretty well for you guys. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> it works on paper though. It works on paper. Changing or is it staying the same? It's staying the same. Okay. Fair yep, enough. We're, we'll be fine. I, I don't doubt it. I have a quick question. We um, interviewed a few guests on Girls Sword 2 that are high athletes, and they talk about that every single pro has a process or a system when it comes to right before they're going to throw the bag. Like whether it's like, I'm going to put my foot here, I'm going to do this. And it's like a run through in the brain to distract from thinking like, I hope I don't miss or any of that. Do you have any process or system that you do like as you're throwing or right before you're about to throw? Yeah. So like I always found out that I'd, when I'd step, I would step at a start a different spot every time. So that led to inconsistency. Mm-hmm. So now I'll put the back of my heel to the back of the board. So when I throw, say like I miss a shot, like in practice, I'll know if the board's off because I'm so used to throwing the same spot every time. So if the board is back two inches, right. my starting point is back two inches. You know what I mean? Interesting. Okay. All right, so Jimmy, I have a question for you. Yes. You're one of the OGs. You've been you've been around for as long as I've been around the pro the pro division. And I'd like to get your take on you, you've made this as as we talked about earlier, this great move through the ranks, right? Um, you've managed to do it basically swimming upstream. The talent has gotten better and deeper, yet you've gotten better and better. Um, yes. I'd just like to get your take on how the pro division has changed over the last few years. Um, fast bags made it harder and harder on the game and it makes it easier to put a bag in a hole. Right. And all this new material, all these new bags are making it like the hole is 18 inches. Yeah. So what I've been doing is taking the old style game, the block, the airmail, cause they're all, they were all sticky bags back then. And I just developed it to a modern, a modern day style. So it's kind of, it's that old style where I'm going to block, I'm going to hit the airmails but I can also run bags if I need to. So, so what is it, what is it, the feeling like as a pro player, when you show up to one of these events now um, today and you look around the room and you know what lays in front of you versus two years ago to tell me how you feel about the, the difference in the caliber of competition. Um, I feel like the bags made the competition. So back then it was, I would say it was still as hard, but it was just a different game. Like now it's just whoever can fill the hole up is going to win the most. But like the, the old style play, if you can master the old style play and you could throw it like where you're on, you will win every game you play. Where if you, if you're throwing good with the slide, people are losing throwing 11s now. Like that's crazy. Yeah. No doubt. So, so airmail or roll? Hmm. 
Uh, I know I, his answer. <laughs> if I could roll consistently, I would. But I'd rather ML because I cannot roll. Yeah. I'm with you, brother. <laughs> so well, the consistency if, if we is the main main word there, right? Like maybe you can hit a roll here and there, but if you need to hit a shot, what do you depend on? It's going to be the airmail. Airmail. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not afraid to throw it, no matter how big the hole is. Yeah. Yeah. So Jimmy, I'm concerned or uh, interested in what you what your thoughts are on this. So we talk about the the slick bag game versus the you know that dirty game. I feel like the dirty game is becoming more of a niche thing, and you know there's a lesson. Maybe it's because of all the people flooding in. I feel like there's a lot more fast bag players than sticky bag. Do you think? Do you think that that's a trend that's going to continue, or is is having that sticky bag or that kind of dirty style game really the way to combat uh, a fast bag game? Or were we all just kind of? If we fast forward ten years from now, is everyone throwing a fast style bag game? So I feel like it's going to a fast style game. But uh, like I said, if you can master the sticky game and you could consistently throw a block dead center. And have a good push to a decent push every time. Yeah, that's the key. You will win ninety percent or higher than your matches. the The only issue with the sticky bag game is if you're off, you lose. Where with the fast bag game, you could be on and you could still lose. But if you're on with a sticky bag game, you're not going to lose. Yeah, playing so fast I, bags. Yeah, I agree. So I've been saying all season. I'm curious if you agree that. That block game that you're doing, I mean, it has to be, you have to be able to clean them up, right? Because like you're saying, yeah. people are winning with 11. So block position becomes important, right? You can't be too shallow. Otherwise, you know, not everyone has a push game like you do. <laughs> I, I would say one of the best push pushers in the game. So you got to kind of stay close to the hole. And we see someone like an Alex Hicks having success with that against Matt Guy, where he's consistently throwing that level one, one and a half, kind of a block close to the hole where it's just enough to deflect a Matt Guy or a good fast style bag out to the left or right, and then you can finish up cleaning up. You, are you kind of of the same mind that one, your block has to be collectible, meaning closer to the hole, and, and you have to have the ability to go and get it because tens aren't going to win. What do you think on that? We lost Again, your audio. it's the level of push you have. You know what I mean? So if you have a really bad push, your bag has to be in front of the hole. Can you hear me? Yep, gotcha. Yep, you're good. Okay. Yeah, so you basically have to have a really good push or your push has to be – your bag, your block has to be like right on the hole, like you said. But the main issue with carpet bag throwers, what they do when they block and miss, they chase. And then they end up giving up yes. a big ground because they're going after a bag that's not even in play. And I'm, I'm a big case for it because I do the same thing. Because <laughs> when, you're, when you're used to hitting those crazy pushes with these carpet bags, you know you can do it. Even if it's a low percentage shot, you're still going to do it. And I think I think it was this show maybe a month ago where we said, "What's the difference between?" Uh, no, maybe it was a podcast we were on. I was on. What's the difference between an advanced player and a pro player? And I said that I think decision making, like when to abandon mission, like you don't want to give up eights, you don't want to give up sixes. So at some point, you go, "I'm not going to go and try and rescue that bag. I'm going to get out of this round with a ten and give up a two because so often people will try that slice yes. or go out and, you know, Noah Wooten's really good at this, but really stepping out really far to go collect the bag and you give up big points, just abandon mission sometimes. In my opinion, <laughs> that's why Eric Davis does really good in doubles last year and not as well in singles because he, the more risk you take, the more likely you're going to give up points. Ah, uh, and you're that saying Brett, Brett or Brett maybe uh, kind of tames that risk. Um, yeah. Brett is definitely risky. conservative. Okay, and then in singles, Eric's just like, I'm going for everything. <laughs> yeah, this this yeah. goes back to my theory on Eric Davis. I swear, like, he's my favorite player to watch because he takes so many risks. And I know it doesn't always equal a win, but it's so fun to watch. Like, we need to reward him somehow for taking the risks. I don't know what how that works, but it needs to happen because <laughs> I don't want him to stop. <laughs> no doubt. It makes exciting cornhole for sure. So, Jimmy, the nickname. The nickname, Filthy. Yes. Is that from airmails? Is that from your nasty pushes? What, um, where did Filthy come from? We had a Thursday night league, and that's where I practice my league nights because I don't like just throw by myself. And uh, I would just shoot everything. And I would just miraculously hit shots that were unbelievable, like drags that weren't even draggable. Um, bar soaps, when they just came out, I was trying everything. <laughs> that's awesome. That's the time that's to do fantastic. it, I guess, right? <laughs> yeah. 
That's what I always say. Do we have time for? uh... Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I I was just gonna say, you know, we do these ten dollars switches, and people will tell me like, oh, don't shoot it. I'm like, this is the time for me to shoot it, right? Like, this is when you practice, when it doesn't really matter. It's ten dollars. Who cares? Um, (laughs) (laughs) We have time for one more question. Did you have one more question, Anthony? Yeah, I was just going to go. I mean, you're you're at Tony's house. We got the open coming up. I just maybe just some quick thoughts on, you know, what are you guys thinking going into this weekend? I mean, strategically, is there a team in particular that you're you got your eye on or what are we doing coming in this weekend about this doubles win? Um, to be honest, uh, I don't want to sound like cocky, but like we're not worried about anybody, to be honest. Like, no, I think that's the confidence you need to have. Um, that's what top players have. Yeah, yeah. you heard it here, guys. We're going um, <laughs> we're going into it with the mindset that we're going to win. And Trey uh, last week said it perfectly. If we don't get top four, I'm walking to Salt Lake City. That's probably <laughs> accurate. <laughs> but I'd probably swim all the way across Panama Canal, all the whole thing, because it's a lot longer than walking. <laughs> that's awesome. I love that's that. Um, that's that's good to know. Um, all right, so we uh, are going into high or low next. And since you're here, Jimmy, would you like to stay on and and play our high and low game with us? Sure. Let's go. All right, cool. Let's roll. I like into to hurt feelings. It. All right, high or low? <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Well, this is the right. All right, so we are going to go into high or low, and this is when we are going to. I'm going to do a doubles team. We did singles last week, but I want to name a doubles team and their ranking, and you let me know if, you, if they're going to finish higher or lower. The first one being Jay Rubin and Jordan Power at third. Mike, what do you think, high or low? This is so tough because. I, I genuinely would pick them. We we I know Trey and Anthony do this every week, but I would genuinely pick them to stay in third. But I know you gotta have an answer. So I'm gonna play the odds here and I'm gonna go low. There's too much talent behind them. I'm not saying they can't finish first. Um, they are my pick to be team of the year, but there's so much talent behind them, the odds that they can hold on and stay in the top three. I'm just gonna I'm gonna have to go low. Okay, perfect. Jimmy, what do you think? High or low? I agree with Mike on this one. Um, I'm definitely going lower. The talent pool is just way too deep to say that a team that's in third after two nationals is going to remain there. Fair enough. Anthony, want to roll in there? Yeah, I'll just uh, just for time, I'll just kind of add something because this is how tough it is to select these things. I mean, here's a good example. Ruben and Power were halfway through the elimination bracket at the last nationals. They run into Smith and Anderson. So... They took a loss. They dropped down halfway through the elimination bracket, run into Smith and Henderson. They win that one 21 to 20. If they didn't get that one point, they dropped to ninth. We would talk, we'd be talking right now about them being in ninth. So that's how, how difficult it is to kind of predict these. And many times it's a guess one point, they would be ninth today. That's a great point, Anthony. That's, that's a really good scenario. You laid out one point can make such a huge difference. Yep. That's almost disheartening. Actually. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Eric Sockline, Tanner Halbert are currently at seventh. Mike, high or low? For the same reason, I'm going to, I'm going to go low for the same reason. Again, it wouldn't surprise me if they finished strong and came in fourth, but just statistically, there's so much talent. Um, I think they finished slightly lower than that. Okay. Jimmy. So I feel like this is a good gauge. Like they're right where they are, should be, in my opinion. But I like how Bouchy Halbert, so I'm going to go higher on this one. Awesome. Anthony? Yeah, just a, yeah, just a closing remark on this one. So Zockline and Halbert are struggling to beat top teams. They are one in four against top 15 teams. The only top 15 team they've beat is Schultz and Kitchen. And to me, Schultz and Kitchen is a suspect top 15. I don't think they stay there. So, Mish, Zockline, Halbert win when they should, but need to win when the heat is on against top teams if they're going to move inside that uh, inside that seven. That's a good, good point. point. All right, Brett Guy, Eric Davis are currently at 12th. Mike, high or low? All right, now we're at the point where I think the odds start to go the other way. There's too much talent. I believe those guys do not finish outside the top 10. So I'm going to go higher. Do not. Okay. Do not finish outside 10. Yep. Uh, This one was tough too, because they haven't been playing well to see them where they were at. I was surprised. Um, I'm going to go lower. I'm going to take 
take one for the team there. Okay. <laughs> uh, just to mention that these guys got to win in the stacks. They're zero and two in the stacks, and and when you're talking twelfth to tenth, those stacks make a big deal. They have losses against Turpin Gonzalez and Suprenit Thorn. Those are matches they need to win if they're going to be in the top ten. You're singing yeah. my song, Anthony. Those stack brackets are so important. People don't understand it. Right? They are. Well, maybe they will now. <laughs> All right. Noah Wooten, Tony Smith, currently at 17th. Mike, high or low? I think they're going to finish higher than that. Jimmy? I'd, I'd put them in top 10 right now. Um, Noah's game is really found in doubles. Uh, it was just Tony slacking. He could have finished uh, Cody Johnson and Kyle Malone when they were actually won it. Yeah. So it was a 2020 game. They had a That's chance right, to win yeah. it and just didn't. It. So I'm going to say Jimmy can say yeah. Tony slacking because he's at his house. <laughs> I tell him to his face too. <laughs> I don't doubt it, <laughs> Anthony. Yeah, that's a good call with Malone and Johnson. And then they went on to win it, right? That was Nationals yep. 1 where they had that tight game. Um, mm -hmm. So with, with Wooten Smith, same thing. Oh, and 3 in the stacks. So you got to win the stacks to move up the ranks. Also an interesting note, three losses in a row at the last Nationals. They lose to all carpetbaggers. Foreman Creek Killer, Harbaugh King, Grindersleeve Batson, all three in a row, three losses in a row. Smith and Wooten live in the muddy boards. I mean, they got to win this style of match if they're going to move inside 17. That's their, that's their go-to. They got to win their go-to. All right. And last one, Austin Slowbomb and Frank Maudlin currently at 17th, Mike, high or low? I'm going to, for the third time in a row, go high. I think they've got too much talent to finish uh, worse than that. Okay. Jimmy? Yeah, I agree with that. Um, Frank has been throwing pretty well. We played him in the blind draw. He's throwing above 10 averages. Like, I don't see a reason why they shouldn't be. I should throw in a caveat. Frank just had hip replacement surgery. So true. True, true. You do I make kind of forgot point. about that, but I'm still gonna show faith. He came back quickly from his last surgery. So Yeah, and he actually changed his throw in his last surgery, and I feel like it bumped his game up to where it is now. Yeah. Okay. Anthony. I just want to mention that modeling and Schlobaum, they're winning against tough teams, which which helps that inside. Um, but where they've got to win is those those teams kind of in the 20s and 30s, they they have quite a few losses there. Like they lost to a, a Morse Almanza and a Freeman Ke uh, Creek Killer who are like late 20s, early 30s. So they've got to win those 20 to 30 seed matches, but they're beating the tough teams like the Hollands and the Lucas or the Lucas Jr. and Dingus has got to beat the 20 and 30 seed teams. Yep. Got it. All right. That is it for our high or low. So that means hey, Mish, we are going to say- can I throw one in real quick on the fly? Yeah, go ahead. I, I, this is important. Okay, I really want to put Jimmy on the hot seat because he doesn't seem like he's been tested. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. So, Jimmy, you and Tyler are currently in 63rd. Yes. I'm going to try to keep this real, all right, not get silly. Jimmy and Tyler finished better than 25th, higher or lower. You want me to answer that first? Whoa. Absolutely. You're first. Okay. So Tyler has some personal things You're going on. Now. He had some personal things going on. He's got that situated. We're easily going to be a top 20 team. No question. Easily. Let's go. Easily. There's right. that's um Jimmy's hot take. <laughs> There's the hot that take. Is, There's the hot take. For the record, <laughs> I'm I'm also going high on that one. I think they finished better than 25th. So I, a little again, funny. Again, the talent is too too deep to not not finish better than twenty fifth. Little fun fact: we went one and two at both nationals, and we're ranked sixty third because of stack games. So for us not to be in the top one hundred is crazy. Going one and two. Yeah, I mean, stack games again. I was just gonna say that is the theme today. Hopefully, everyone yep. gets that from the episode. <laughs> the first so. one we won our whole stack. The second one we lost the last game in this stack. <laughs> there you go. All right, perfect. Well, actually, we'll just go into our hot take since Jimmy gave his. All right, uh, Mike, what's your I have your another hot one, take? just in case. Oh. Okay, we'll come <laughs> back to you. Mike, go ahead. All right, are you going to – I don't know if you're going to let me call this a hot take. I've got a backup if you won't let me have this. Okay. My hot take 
And I'm glad Jimmy's still around. My hot take is Jimmy Humans goes for the double dip this weekend. I think Jimmy Humans okay. wins singles and doubles with Tony. I don't know how hot that is, but I'm going out there <laughs> and saying he wins both. I like it. No, it's good. Anthony, you got yours? Yeah, I do. You got me on audio, okay? Yeah, you're good. Okay, cool. Um, I'm gonna uh, got to go with the Jimmy Humans hot take. We got Jimmy Humans on the show. Jimmy Humans currently 0-2 against Josh Holland this season. He only has four losses, two of them from Josh Holland. My hot take is going to be he's going to beat Josh Holland in the next matchup, and it's going to happen because when you get down to the last, you know, four or six teams in the tournament, these are two guys that are going to probably run at each other. And when he does, he's going to win a bracket or a bracket playoff when he wins that one. Jimmy Humans over over Josh Holland. Love it. Mine is, uh, I think, Emily Downer's taking women's. That's my hot take. Once again, I I think it's pretty hot. Um, And then, Jimmy, what's your second one? Um, I win. If not the next national, I will win a bracket at Cobbs. Okay. Okay, Let's go. Hot. (laughs) I love it. Jimmy hot. Smoking. Smoking. Smoking hot. This has been so I'm going to call that one lukewarm because I don't think it's too far out on the way. Oh, all right. All right. I'll give you. I'll give you this one, then. I'll finish top eight by the end of the season. Okay. Love it. Love it. All right. Awesome. All right, guys. This has been awesome. We missed you, Trey, but we we did we did good. I think so. We we appreciate you handing over the reins, Jimmy. Thank you so much for your time today. And that will be it for today. I'll see you guys next time. And good luck in the open this weekend, Jimmy. Thank you.